this is going to be our masterclass about smartphone um, storytelling. So um, we're going to do a couple of exercises today, and I'm going to show you a few apps as well that, that are really good to get started with. Um, hands up, actually. How, everyone has a smartphone here today, I presume. Yeah? And hands up who are Apple iOS. We've got one, and it's and hand two. And anyone else, hands up who is Android? And what are you? Android? Yeah, Android. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, good to know. So if you were to get into mobile filmmaking, this would be kind of like the basic kit that I would recommend for people to get. When you're filming on a smartphone, when you're filming with any camera, particularly with a smartphone, you really do need to keep it stable. Um, it, it's, it's really important to keep the shot stable, so I would recommend a tripod. There's also a mini tripod there for getting different angles as well. Um, and a shoulder pod is what helps you connect your smartphone to a tripod. You can also get like a gimbal, which is like a... Um, uh, steady cam for your smartphone if you wanted to move about you didn't want to be kind of stuck with in one position with a tripod um, so that will help you get broadcast quality picture um, and obviously a light will also ha uh, help you achieve that and then you've got a variety of mics that can plug in directly to the lightning port or the headphone socket on your phone and that will help you get broadcast quality sound as well so if you are interested that would be the basic kit that I would recommend don't just don't, no need to overcomplicate it, just um, keep it simple. And here are some apps that I would recommend as well. So when I'm filming, I film, film everything with the Filmic Pro app, which is available on um, iOS and Android. It's about 15 euro, um, maybe 20 euro now, I'm not sure, but it's a really amazing app and it allows you to do an, an, an awful lot, um, change your frame rate, change your aspect ratio, separate your focus and exposure so you know if you want to achieve a really good quality picture you need to be able to have control over your exposure and the light that, that your picture is getting and you obviously have to be able to focus on what you focus on so you're able to separate them but you're also able to lock them so if you're filming with your native camera you might notice that you get this pulse if you film a video you, you get pulsing between the light changing and also if someone walks through your shot it, 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 the focus starts to change, the camera starts to try and autofocus elsewhere. So by, so by using Filmic Pro, you eliminate that problem. You just lock your, you lock your focus, you lock your exposure. So any changes to those settings aren't reflected. If there's any changement, they aren't reflected on screen because you've got them locked within Filmic Pro. I'm gonna sh if we have time later, I will show you a bit of, of that app. And LumaFusion is a really good editing, editing app that is only available for iOS, but the a really good uh, Android app is KineMaster, so that's K-I-N-E-M-A-S-T-E-R. If we have time as well later, I'll show you Quick, PicPlay Post, and Legend. They're just great. Quick is a great auto-editing app, has a lot of music, text, and it can, so it can really lift a piece of video for, quite, um, for little effort. And um, PicPlay Post is a really good collage app, and Legend is a really good GIF for GIF or GIF maker and, and really good for getting motion graphics um, out of them. But to start with, um, I suppose if you were to just talk about the basics of smartphone telling, um, storytelling, it's the same as any visual storytelling. You start with your interview shot. So you want to get a really, really good interview shot. Um, there, there are two types of interview shots that I'm going to kind of 
talk about today. You've got your typical one, which you see, which is maybe this one here. I don't know if, if, how well you can see that, where the subject is talking to the reporter or, or journalist off screen. So they're, they're looking off screen and they're talking to wh whoever is asking them the questions. Um, and that's kind of your typical news or documentary um, interview as well, um, style shot. And what's very important in that one is that you have looking room. And that's, this space here is looking room. And a frequent mistake when people start filming their, their own um, videos is that they don't, they don't know about looking room and they can actually end up putting the looking room behind the person. So if you can imagine that you've got someone, uh, you've got someone framed up, but instead of the frame coming over here, it, it ends here and the looking room is behind them. And actually what that does subconsciously to the viewer is because they're here with looking this way with all the space behind them, the viewer subconsciously expects something to walk onto frame behind them because they're like, well, why is all that space there? Something must be about to appear. But no, it's just a badly framed interview shot and you haven't actually given your interviewee any looking room. So that is your kind of typical a, 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 that's your typical um, interview, uh, a classic interview shot. Um, another one is, and if you notice, this one is a 16 by 9 or landscape shot. This one is one by one, it's square, because this was something I filmed for Facebook, for our social channels. So another in, a style of interview shot that I'll talk about now is one which we call eye direct. And I'm sure there's different names in different regions for this kind of style of interview. But what I direct is, is you get the person to talk to the lens. You get the person to, to or their eye contact is down the barrel of the lens. So that when, when, when you publish that piece of video, that person is talking to the audience at home. They're not talking to any invisible interviewer off camera. They're, so there is no looking room because they're making eye contact with the lens. And that's what this person is doing here. They're talking directly to the lens of the camera. So they're talking to you. When you're framing that kind of shot, because there's no need for looking room, you want that person dead in the center of your frame, be it square or landscape. So if she was in this picture, she'd be more over here. So you want them kind of dead in the center of, of, of your picture. Um, when you're doing, so, so there are two options for you today, because I am going to send you out on exercises to get your own interview shots. So there are two options for you today. You can do the classic looking room shot. You can do the one that's kind of more kind of, um, kind of suitable for social media platforms with the eye direct, with the person in the center of the screen. When you're doing interview shots, you also have to think about what your subject matter is. And I know it seems really obvious because if you're talking to um, a celloist that you would have them in a shot with a cello, but so, a lot of times people forget to put someone in the environment that, they're, they, that they belong in. So you want to think about what that person is talking about and is there something you know, if you're lucky enough to be in their environment, in their office or, you know, their studio or, um, you know, or, or, you know, a playground where they've set up a brand new um, playground or something, you know, you want the re relevant things to be in the background, but you also want this to help frame your interviewee. So you need to think about what's in the background. So I'm sorry, I'm sure this is a bit dark, but I don't, have you, do you know what converging lines are? So the classics of like photography is, you think about converging lines. So like if you think about the classic road shot in the desert and you've got the road stretching out in front of you to, towards the horizon and the road eventually goes like this, the lines are converging. And what that does is the audience or the viewer, their eye is drawn down that road. So naturally as humans converging lines our eye is drawn to them so you want 
that the converging lines to work for you within your interview shot. So if you see here, this is a young farmer, he's in a cow shed, there's barriers here converging and then the wall of the cow shed is converging behind him. So you want to think about what's in the background. You also, when you think about what's in the background, so you want to use that to help you build a better shot. Um, you've got another kind of technique where you've got a classic triangle. So if you've got something like that forms a triangle within a shot, that's kind of a classic of photography. And actually, this portrait is your classic triangle, because that's the triangle right there. Um, but when you're thinking about the background as well, you don't want anything in the background to interfere with your shot. So another classic mistake that people who are new to video would make is they frame an interview shot and there's, some, there's like a hedge sticking out the back. So it's like you've got, looks like you've got like a piece of, I don't know, like shrub sticking out of someone's ear, you know? So you really want to think carefully. You're looking at the person, then you want to look around that person and, 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 and make sure that nothing like a sign isn't sticking out of their head. So you don't want to make them look silly or anything. So you really want to look. So classic things that people, they panic and they just want to get it done and they, they kind of frame it up quickly, but they don't stop and check. Stop and check the edges of the frame of your shot. And is there anything messy around the edges? Is there anything half in or half out of your shot that if you just moved your camera slightly, it would all be in shot and actually make for a better picture. Is there anything, is the line around your interviewee clean and clear? Um, so you, you, so before you, before you, when you frame up your interview shot, you want to, you want to check the edges and, and check the background before you hit record. Obviously, you, I should also say to you, because we're doing this with our phone today, this is the camera in your pocket. That's what makes this so amazing. This camera is with you everywhere, but it's also the camera in your pocket, which means the lens is more than likely smudged and dirty. So clean your lens. You have to clean your lens. Before you hit record, clean your lens. Just wipe it on the back of your jumper or whatever. Clean your lens. Um, and then, if do, have people heard of crossing the line? Crossing the line is, is a classic TV term for something when it can go badly wrong. So can I get two people to come up here for me, if you don't mind? Just, I'm going to make people come up. <laughs> and you as well. Don't worry, you don't have to say anything. Go up. <laughs> so let's say you decide to stand. No, actually, yes, we, we'll end up with recurs recursiveness if I do this. You know recursiveness where you... Um, so if you, let's, let's say you're talking to each other. So stand as if one of you is interviewing the other. Perfect. So I would frame the person here like this, and you're talking, and then I would frame the other person like this. But if you just come out a bit towards me this way so I can go around you, a classic mistake. So when you're, when you're setting up an interview, you have to draw an imaginary semicircle on the floor like this and you do not cross that line. There's a line here. The line is there, and there's a semicircle around. And that's the line you do not cross. So you can frame your shots. I can do a wide, so you keep talking to each other. <laughs> and I can, do, I can take a shot from anywhere around the semicircle, and I can go as, as, uh, over the shoulder. I can go tight on the face. I can go tight on this face. I can go in as close and back out as far as, I, as much as I want. That's the semicircle. It's fine. As soon as I cross the line, I'm in danger territory. Because what ends up happening is, let's say, I'm going to take a photo. So you look at that person there. What's your name, sorry? Caitlin. Caitlin. You were an amazing actress earlier. You scared me a little oh, bit. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, what happened? Um, so you just look. I'm going to take a photo. You just look at Caitlin. Oh, I'm 
So let's, and then you look at her. So this is the sun taking the shot. But if I cross the line, keep looking at each other. So we go into my camera roll. Now you know not to make faces. Take it seriously. No, no. Um, that's your classic. Look, that's going to edit fine together. Oh, that's going to edit well together. That person is talking to that person. But here's this person, and here's this person. What do, what do you notice? That's not going to edit well together because they actually look like they're looking the same way. So when you cross the line, that's what you do. And that's a, that's a bad, bad mistake to make in video or TV or film production. It's the, it's, and it's the classic amateur mistake where someone crosses the line, they go around, and they, what you end up happening is they look like they're facing the same way. That should be the conversation. She's looking to the, I have to get my, um, my, my, to the right, and she's looking to the left, but in this one, she's looking to the left, or is it the right? And so is she. So that is a, something to be aware of. And the, thank you very much, you may sit down, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so they're the things to be aware of. And the other thing to be aware of is light. Now, obviously for a good picture, you need really, really good light. And for a smartphone, you need a, you, light is so important because it is a small lens. So light is really important. Another classic mistake that people make is they put the, someone right in front of the window because the window looks pretty and they put the person there and they film them up against the light. The light is flooding in from behind the person and you just get the silhouette. So if I were here right now and I was interviewing someone here, I'd actually get them to turn towards the window or like, like even just halfway towards the window and, and put the camera here. So think about where your light source is. That's a great thing about uh, smartphone filmmaking is you don't have to go out and buy a light, you just have to be clever about how you use the light that you have. So outside is really sunny today, it's really great, it's really bright, it's lovely, but you want to make sure that the light, that the sun is behind your camera. And you don't, sometimes if it's this sunny, you don't want it like directly on the face of your interviewee because you don't want them to squint, but maybe you want it kind of like there, you know, somewhere there. You, you don't want the sun in front of your camera because the light is going to blast down the lens and you're just going to get a silhouette shot. One of the classic things about lighting and I don't think you can see it in these shots. Let's see if I can Google something. You know you've lit your shot. Light in eyes. God knows what we're going to get here. Oh yeah, here we go. That's a good one. You know you've lit your shot well. See the two pink beams of light in her eyes? That's what you want. That's what you're aiming for. So, because without that, the eyes are dead. So that's a that's a you know as if you were, if you meet a lighting director in any um, industry, that's the that's that's the ultimate thing that they're trying to achieve with, when they're when they're lighting somebody is to get that light in the eyes. So you can see it in someone like you know if if you if you were to bring them here. I'd, my, my eyes would be dead, you wouldn't see any light, but if I were to turn this way, I reflect the light back, the eyes sparkle, they become more alive, and it's a better interview shot. So they're the kind of things to look out for. Um, so this is the exercise that you're going to do now.
So I want you to go and film an interview. Now, it, doesn't have, it only has to be a 20-second clip. Now, if you don't, so for smartphone filmmaking, you want to think about the stability of your camera, um, you want to think about your battery, and you want to think about your storage. So if people don't have much storage on their phones today, if you take a photograph, that's enough. But if you can take a video, why not take a video? Um, and you just have to pair up with people here and just ask one question. But I want you to decide if you're doing framing the person in the center of your screen and doing an eye direct where they're talking down the lens. And that can be hard to achieve because basically you're here maybe asking them a question and then you're saying, but by the way, when you answer, look directly down the barrel of the lens, frame them center. Or are you going to do the more classic one where there's looking room and they're talking to you, uh, someone off, you uh, the interviewer off camera. So I want you to decide first of all, so, so before you begin, you decide if you're doing the eye direct or if you're doing the interview with the looking room. Think about the direction of your natural light. If you're doing it inside, where is the light inside? If you're doing it outside, where is the sun? Um, you can do it on the native camera on your phone, obviously, but I want you to make sure that the focus is on the interviewee's face. That's very important and not on the background. So you want to make sure that your focus, you bring your focus, it's usually a square, isn't it? Bring it down onto the person's face. And I want you to check the frame and the background and if you can get converging lines. This is, it, this is a beautiful campus. So there's wonderful interview, uh, interview shots outside. Um, think of the position of the inbuilt microphone. Um, so a classic mistake is you might, you know, hold like wherever the microphone is, you might block it on your camera. So think about where it is. Okay, now we don't have tripods here today, but if I were to suggest to you, a lot of people will go out and they'll go like this, and then the person starts talking, and then they go like this, because their arms get tired. Don't do that. Become your own tripod. So one thing you can do is, you can like, you know, cock out your hip, have a bit of attitude, and lock your, lock your arm, lock your hand around your arm. If that means the person has to sit down, then so be it get them to sit down. But that's a good way of keeping the camera steady and you're more likely to hold this position if the person keeps talking for a couple of minutes than you are if they were to do this. So become your own tripod. Another one is um, if you can find something that can become a tripod, like, the, like an Apple plug, you know, an Apple charger. That's a flat plug with three prongs and you can just slot it in. And I've used that so many times. Even for my television documentary, I use the plug as a, as a tripod because it actually can get, mean you can get the camera into a, like a tight or small space. But for today, I suppose this is, this is enough. You want to, you want to kind of lock, lock your hand around, around your other, around your wrist. Um, if anybody has headphones with a microphone, they work great as a microphone. So when you're filming today, you're going to get a lot of the background noise of outside. But if you've got headphones, you can just plug with, with you know, something that you usually talk to people on the phone with or whatever. You can plug those in and just kind of get the person to hold them. And then you'll, you'll, it'd, be, it'd be amazing how well that blocks out the, back, the background noise. So if you have headphones, use them. Use, you know, use them as a microphone. They, they can just hold them down here out of screen. Or some people even just kind of drape one, you know, the left ear and the right ear over here and let the microphone hang here um, and you'll get better sound. Um, and I say 30, 45 seconds, that's my, like even just 20 seconds, just what's your hobby, what's your favorite hobby or what, what you know, just ask them something that, you know, obviously an open-ended question because the last thing you want is yes, no, I don't know, maybe. Um, so, you know, and just, just one question, but just pair up and if somebody, you know, doesn't have someone to pair up with, then just find, there's those people outside. But I'm going to give you maybe, let's say, till 
three o'clock. So that's 30, maybe that's too long. I'm going to give you 10 minutes, 10 minutes from now. So three minutes, three minutes to um, three. Come back in here. So before you hit record, and also, I want you to film this way, not that way. Okay, I want you to film hard, for today, we're filming in landscape, not vertical, okay? So I want you to film that way. So before you hit record, check your light, check your framing, check your focus, hit record. And like, you know, there's, there's lovely converging lines and setups outside. So, you know, and there's lovely light outside today. So go, you've got 10 minutes. Did everyone enjoy the first exercise? Yeah? Okay. Um, I forgot to mention headroom. That's the one thing I forgot to mention. So the headroom is the space between your, your, your subject and the top of the frame. And, and you all did well with, on the headroom, even though I didn't remind you of it, so that's good. But like a, another common mistake is people cut, like cut off someone mid-forehead or, you know, they don't give them enough head. So headroom is important. But in terms of the rule of thirds, which is another um, classic... Um, rule of storytelling generally you know you split you you go you draw a line here and here so you've got section one two and three but you also draw it across here so you've got section one two and three and you generally want to keep the eyes of the person where there's an intersection of lines so if i show you this is filmic pro and if i put my grid on there's my guide. Filmic Pro. So this is the app I use. If I have time later, we will go into it. But if I... I'm going to use you as an example again, sorry. But generally, what I'm trying to do is see... I don't know if you can see on the screen. Oh, you can. See where there's a crossing of lines. You generally want to keep the eyes or something of a point of interest near, near those. If, you, if the point of interest of your photograph is, let's say it's not an interview shot, let's say it's a landscape shot or a picture of a flower or something. If you have something of interest hitting the crosses there or there, so you have four opportunities to create a good picture. Um, it's just kind of, it's kind of like a, a classic rule. If, if, if you want the eye to be drawn, you, that's a good, that's a, th these intersecting lines are a good point to start. Um, but in terms of an interview shot, if the person's on this side of the screen, you want their eyes to be around here. And if they're on this side, obviously around here. But everyone did fantastic. Um, and it's great. There's great filming conditions out there today. Um, so you have your interview shot. And now you need to paint over your interview shot. Because generally, you know, if you ask someone to talk about something, they, you know, and I'm probably doing it now, you kind of go, um, uh, da, da, and, and then they talk for too long and you want to be able to edit it down. But if you edit it down and you've nothing to cover it with, you're just going to get a jump, you know, you're going to get a jump cut, you know, where the person is just jumping all over the place. So if you to ask someone about their pet dog and they wax lyrical about their pet dog for five minutes and you're like, God, I want to cut this down to 30 seconds, the way you, you do that is you film them with their pet dog. So you've got pictures, their B-roll or wallpaper or, you know, you know, for several different terms for this kind of footage that you paint over your interview. 
So you can start with the person talking, and then you go to the pictures, and then the edit, the audio edit, is disguised because you're you're painting pictures over it. So for documentary visual storytelling, and if be it an hour-long documentary, be it a five-minute documentary, be it a one-minute story, you break it down into scenes. So you. You don't go out and just film randomly. You plan it. You have to, you know. I'm sure you've seen in movies that they storyboard. Now I don't storyboard, but I storyboard in my head. That's how I storyboard. So I do storyboard. I just I don't I don't draw it out. Sometimes I do if it's, if it's a bit complicated and I'm trying to think things through. But you storyboard in your head. You break. So any story can be broken down into scenes. Those scenes are then broken down into sequences. So a sequence of a sequence of an event or an action. So me walking from here to here, that that can be a sequence, and then you break that sequence down into shots. So how are you going to show that sequence from start to finish? So the cla- there's a there's a classic rule in in visual storytelling where you. A five-shot sequence. All you need is five shots to show successfully show something happening from beginning to end. So the first shot might be, let's say, it's a person, a nail um, a nail artist, doing painting the, the nails of one of their customers. So you might start with the close-up of the subject's hands as they're painting the nails, and then the next shot might be a close-up of the person's face. So that's like um, of the person's face. So That's kind of like two different close-ups. You, reve- you, you start with the close-up of the person's hands, and someone's going, "Oh, I wonder what's going on," and then you start. You see the person that's doing the action, so you get a bit more information. Then you might move back, and you might get a medium shot or a wide shot of everything together. So then you'll see the person that's painting the nails, the person's who, whose nails are being painted, and you see the action happening within the frame. So that's kind of more of. So you've got two close-ups, and you've got a, a, a more of a medium shot or a wide shot. Then you can move on to like an over-the-shoulder shot. So, you, so the person who's painting the nails, you might put the camera here, looking down on on the action. Um, and then for the final shot, you generally want. So with the close-up, you've drawn the person in, you've intrigued them. With the medium shot or the wide shot, you've actually shown them what's going on. So you might you, de- you might delay that reveal. So that's why you've two close-ups, then the wide shot, and they're like, oh yeah, we're in the nail salon. Okay, I get what's going on here. And then you want what is the, a creative shot. So you want your fifth shot to be like a magic shot or something something really creative or the whoa shot, the shot that when someone sees it, they go, oh. So that could be like. A puddle of water on the ground, and you actually have the person reflected. Like, let's say you're filming someone playing the piano in a train station, and there's a puddle of water nearby, and actually there's a perfect reflection of them playing the piano in that puddle. That's your magic shot. That's gorgeous. So you film the puddle. So you're giving another view of the action, but but it really stimulates the person's brain. They go, "Ooh, I like that." Um, so it might be a reflection in a mirror. It might be a, f- a reflection in glass. Um, It doesn't have to be reflection. It can be a quirky frame or an interesting point of view. Um, so you kind of have to just see something a bit different and 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 try and and capture that moment. So 
this is a five shot sequence that I filmed recently and you know there's six shots there. We all, I've noticed everyone seems to do this. Here are, the, here are the 10 rules of radio and they give 11. You always go one more. Um, but I'll explain why in a second. So here's a five shot sequence. There's a close up of hands. There's a close up of the face. There's a medium shot of the people together but there you see the line of the light going down, the converging lines of the light going down. I'm calling this an over-the-shoulder, it's, it's not technically, it's more like an aerial shot of the action that's happening. This is my creative shot, because this lady, there's an Irish artist called Mamie Jellett, and her, her work hangs in the National Gallery of Ireland, and this girl recreates that artwork on the tiny canvas of a nail. So you can, I don't know if you can see there, there's horses, it's a circus, and there's a ringmaster. So this is the painting in full here on her phone. So I have that in the foreground and her in the background working on it. And the reason I have a six shot there is because you can never have enough close-ups. They are your get-out-of-jail card. So if I were to say to you, get your classic five shots, and if you want to film as many close-ups as you, as you want, you can, because nothing gets you out of jail better than a, in, in editing than a close-up. You can never have enough close-ups, and when you think you have, you haven't. They really, they just, they, they really help you get, get you out of um, a bind. Because the classic mistake when you're filming is you just film a series of wide shots, and wide shots don't edit well together. You can see here that's laid out before you. You can see that that's actually going to edit well together, and I can mix it up. It, it doesn't have to start with that. It could start with this, and then go to that, and this. That's the beauty. If you follow the five-shot sequence, editing is a breeze. And you'll actually see it in your camera roll. You'll see, oh, I know that's going to edit well together. I know I've got my sequence. Um, but as I said, you want plenty of close-ups. You want to change up the angle. Another thing that people tend to do is, if they're filming, let's say I'm filming this microphone, they'll go, oh, there's a wide shot of the microphone, and there's a close-up of the microphone, and here's another thing. And basically all you're doing is standing in the same spot and you want to you wanna move around, so you go, okay, my close-up is here, but my wide shot's over here, and I might do another shot here. You want to you wanna mix it up, and you also want to mix up that. So you want to mix up where you are, like, in relation to it, both, like, if you think about it in an X, Y kind of way, you also want to change it up by going down low. People tend to just film where they are and they don't go in close, and they don't go down low. And a really cool, easy magic shot to get is, the, is just put your, put your phone on the ground and get a wide shot from this angle. But people are afraid or they don't think to kind of change the height of the camera. So it's as important to change the angle as it is to change the height and to change how close you are to the subject matter. So does that all make sense? Good because now you're going to go and film a five-shot sequence. So someone can be writing in a book, someone can be, I don't know, what, like, there's different things that people can do outside, picking a flower, they don't mind. Um, just think of an action, think of, get someone to do something, read a book, write some notes, um, but maybe think of something a bit more exciting that they can do. Um, and film that action. But I want you to get your five-shot sequence. So I want you to get your close-ups, a close-up of the person's face. I want you to get your wide shot or your medium shot over the shoulder. Get your creative shot, more creative than this, because that's not a great creative shot, to be honest. Um, but but get, 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 get your five shots and then maybe a couple of more close-ups as well. And like, 
We don't even have to edit them today because immediately when you look at them in your camera roll, you're going to see if it works. So, yeah, so for that, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to give you 15, would 15 minutes be enough? 15 minutes? Yeah? <laughs> you're going to have it nailed in 10? Good. <laughs> so, yeah, go out there um, and come back at maybe half past three. Five shots. So, how did you find that? Good? Yeah? So, with your interview shot and your five sequences, you've got like a nice little one minute piece there, I'd say now, or a 45 second piece. But can you see how when you plan your visual, when you visual storyboard in your head before you go out, it is much easier then, isn't it? And you can, you can, you can, all, you can see how the edit is going to be easier for you because you've thought about your shots. You haven't just got a load of wide shots um, and or, or loads of shots of the of the person doing the action from different angles. You've gone in, you've gotten close-ups, um, so you can cut between different shots much more easy, uh, much more easily. So we have a few minutes left. So I'm just going to show you the Filmic Pro app here as well. Oh, right, yep. Sorry. Have you got them there? Aha. So I'm mirroring my phone to the screen, which is very handy. Cool. So if you were to if you were to want to become more serious about filming with a smartphone, um I would well that's not working. Will I disconnect and connect again, maybe? I'll stop mirroring and I'll, I'll start it again. There we go. Yeah, so if you are to want to become more serious about smartphone filming, I would suggest getting a tripod, a light and a microphone. And you can get them for relatively little expense. Like, I bought a tripod for 50 euro. Sorry, I'm speaking in euros. I don't, I don't, I don't speak grand. Um, I can, you can get a, a, one of those um, lav mics for around 50 euro as well. And you can get a light for around the same. So when you think about the cost of, you know, your traditional television production kit, it's far, far less. So if you were to become more, more serious, they're the basic pieces I would suggest. But I would also suggest checking out this app called Filmic Pro. Um, so you can see yourselves on screen there, guys. Um, so this is what I use to film my documentary and this is what I use to film all my pieces because um, I, my pieces are for social, for the national broadcaster in Ireland. I film them for um, our social channels, but they also migrate onto TV. So Ireland is PAL, is a PAL region. I think South Africa is as well, is it? So you broadcast in 25 frames per second, but the native camera on your phone films at 30 frames per second. So if you download the Filmic Pro app, which is about, I think about 15 or 16 euro, but it's a really, really amazing app. You can go in and you can change your frame rate. So you can change your capture to 25 frames per second and your playback to 25 frames per second. You can also do time lapses as well. Um, and, you, so you, and you can change to higher frame rates if you're, do, if you're doing different kind of uh, filming techniques. But if you want your stuff to go on TV, there you go. You, you, you 
put it to 25 frames per second. I can also go in and I can play around with the, with the resolution. So I film at H, in HD 1080p. If I wanted to, I could film all the way up to 4K. Or if I'm running out of space on my phone, I can bump it down to SD or HD. Um, but I, fil er, I film at uh, 1080p. I film in 16 by 9 because I don't know if anyone was at my session yesterday, but I edit in square, but I also have to edit a 16 by 9 version. So landscape is 16 by 9. That's TV broadcast. Um, but if I wanted to, I could film in just square. So that would make it... So if I was filming for Facebook and I knew it wasn't going anywhere else, I could film in square and there's my frame there. But what, I could, what you can also do is you can crop to overlay. So I'm still filming. I'm actually filming in 16 by 9 now, but I've got my square box with my square, my rule of thirds. I don't know if you can see it in there. So I can frame within the square. So I, can, I do that quite frequently, especially for interview shots. I still have my 16 by 9 shot for TV, but I know my framing is perfect for, um, for social. Exactly. exactly. I say interview shots because they have to be exact. Other shots don't, and I'll show you why when I, when I bring it into LumaFusion. So generally, for my interview shots, I would film like that, but then for my, the rest of the stuff I'm filming in 16 by 9 with my grid turned on, which is the rule of thirds. So this, the circle is my exposure. So you see when I bring it up to the light, the, the, the shot gets darker. So you, want it, you can set your exposure and hit it to red and I lock it. And then I can set my focus. The square is my focus. And then I'm going to focus on you and I can lock it. So if the, anything changes, if someone moves across my lens, you know, the you know my camera, the, if someone walks, the native camera will instantly hunt you know, and try and auto-focus on that person or auto-expose, like if you were to shut that door right now, it will, it will go, oh, so the lighting conditions have changed and you'll get that pulsing. But with this, I've locked them so I don't get that pulsing. So there's another key reason I use Filmic Pro. You can see down at the bottom here, it has the audio meter, which is reading my, my sound. But if I were to plug in a mic, and I'm sorry, I had my mics with me. I brought them all the way from Ireland. I brought my kit with me and I left it in the Wedgwood guest house this morning so it's a very typical me maneuver I brought them all the way over from Ireland and then I just left them down the road but if I were if I were to plug my iRig mic in there it would recognize it here straight away if I were to plug my lav my, my road lav mic in it would recognize it if I were to plug my radio mics in it recognized it so Filmic Pro is really clever um, and then I've got my audio monitoring down here the circle the little green circle at the bottom that shows me how much space is left on my um, storage is left on my phone, so I have good storage, but I have very little battery left. And then obviously, if I were to hit record now, it goes, you'll see it counting up there. This is my little timeline, uh, timer here. Um, that's the, they're the very basics of it. I can actually do pull focus shots with this. Um, I can go in, there's an auto white balance. So let's say in this shot here, if I were to introduce a white piece of paper, Especially if I'm filming in a studio. Do you anyone? Oh, perfect. Another cup of coffee. <laughs> Two cups of coffee. But um, I, can, I can get it. It's not so bad in here, but if I was in a studio, I find it in particular in a studio set up with a, with a black curtain in the background, you really have to bring in a white piece of paper and, and teach basically what the white is, and then I can lock my white balance there. But you can also, obviously, if you can see, you can um, play around with tints. 
and temperatures. So I've made the shot. I can make the shot blue, make the shot red. It's, there's, an, a, an, a, there's too much to go into here today, but there's an amazing range of, of, of stuff that you can do with Filmic Pro. You can film in, if you pay a little bit extra, you can film in log mode, which I was explaining to you about which means that you, you know, it, 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 it's, like, it's like how they film for, for, for films. So it strips out the colors so that when you bring it into, let's say, something like Filmic, uh, Final Cut Pro, you can grade it. You can better color grade your shots. Um, and I would recommend, if you really, really want to get really, really into it, there is a guy called Elliot Fitzroy, who is based in New Zealand. And his, he's at Epic tutorials, epic tutorials, and he's on YouTube, and he has amazing YouTube tutorials about Filmic Pro um, and about filming in log mode, um, and he's on Twitter as well, but you, if, you f if you put it epic tutor tutorials into YouTube, you'll find him, and he does amazing tutorials about Filmic Pro, um, because you can, uh, you can play around with your iOS, so, you know, you, you know and, your, and your frame rate, or your, your iOS and your frame, you know, there, sorry your shutter and your, your iOS, and you can lock them. Um, so really, you can go really into the technical. You, you basically grab control back from the iPhone or your smartphone through Filmic Pro. And when you've got greater control, you can get better broadcast quality shot. Um, and then your, your footage is here. So I was filming the DJ last night. Um, and I was also filming some, oh, no, I don't want to rate you. Even though I love you, I don't want to rate you right now. Um, I was filming some great um, synchronized uh, dancing that was going on last night. <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was a girl with camera. Um, so, you know, you've got your library here, but then I can export my footage. So if I go, I'm going to select that top shot there, and I'm going to say, actually, I want to save that to my camera roll. So it saves it to my camera roll as well. So I can take it onto my computer, and I can edit in Final Cut Pro on my computer or Premiere or bring it into Avid or whatever, or I could mention, or I can bring it into LumaFusion. But I don't have to put on my camera roll to bring it into LumaFusion because LumaFusion and, and Filmic Pro talk to each other, which is really, really great. Um, is there anything else to show you on this for the moment? I think that's enough so far. Um, yes, because we have very little time left. So let's say I do go into Filmic Pro then. So Filmic Pro, or LumaFusion, sorry. LumaFusion is what I use to edit. Um, LumaFusion, unfortunately, is only available on iOS. A good-ish a good alternative is um, KineMaster. It's nowhere near as good as LumaFusion, but it is a good alternative. But LumaFusion is the app I use to edit. So you've got, you've got three video tracks. You've got there in blue, you've got three audio tracks there in green. Um, but if I were to start from the start, and go in, and I can set up my new project. And I'm going to change the frame rate to 25 because that's what I filmed in, but you can change it to any frame rate you want. I can change the aspect ratio. So if I was editing for TV, I'd have it at 16 by 9. But let's say today I'm, I'm doing this for um, social, so I'm going to change it down to one by one, which is square, and I create my project. And then over on this side here, I should introduce my touch motions, help touch, show touches. So you should be able to see my touches now. Can you see them? So I go into photos. That's all, that's all my foot, access to my footage. If I go into the cog again, any imported material that I bring in through Dropbox or Filmic Pro come in through there. Um, or if I rec 
because I record my voiceovers in when I'm doing TV, so that's where my voiceovers go. Um, I can go into their library of royalty-free music, which is really handy when you're publishing to social to have royalty-free music. Um, this is where my titles are, so I have different, different titles and captions that I can play around with. Um, this is where my transitions are. So you've got some really nice transitions and you've, of course, got your really kind of like, you know, cheesy, crazy transitions. But, you know, there's a wealth of options there and you have your audio transition there as well. Um, and obviously, as well, I can access iTunes um, in here as well. So if I, if I was putting stuff out on TV, I can use a pop song and obviously use the, do a music return for that. But unfortunately for social, we can't. Um, so if I were to just... drag my shots down into the timeline. Are these shots or stills I put in? I'm not sure. I think they're just stills. So there's no audio on these, unfortunately. But you see then, this is my five shot sequence. And drag it down and then I'm gonna, sh there's her, there's the nails, there's her. Then maybe go to the nice wide shot so it reveals the two of them together. Maybe I can go to her, smiling. And then maybe I can do the nice overshot of the nails being done, being painted. Then there's this shot here. And then a close-up of the nail art at the end. So you can see, there, like, I can pull my timeline out. I can shorten my clips down, lengthen them out. And then basically, because these are 16 by 9 shots, I can actually go in and play around with, and I, they're 16 by 9, but I'm editing in square, so it gives me a lot of freedom. So what I was saying to you earlier, if I'm, if I'm filming an interview shot and I need the person to be bang on center in square and 16 by 9, that's why I would turn on the square grid, um, because I need it to be centered in both aspect ratios. But you can see then for general shots, if I get my good shot in 16 by 9, I can play around with it in square and get a nice shot as well. Um, so it gives you a bit more room for manoeuvre. Um, I have very little time left, so I thought I was going to be able to do a lot more. Um, another good app just to show you is Quick. And Quick does a lot of the work for you. So it can be, that's Q-U-I-K. And um, if I were to bring, geez, I was taking a lot of pictures. Let's see what it does with my nail art shots, for example. If I were to bring... So these, these are stills, they're not video, just for ease. If I were to bring these in, and let's see what it does with it. There's probably sound on this, but um, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it adds music to it. I don't know if you can get, pick up the audio. Cool. Um, so, if I, so I know what's, uh, so I actually have the format set at Portrait because I was doing a vertical video before I left Ireland. So I've, I'll go into cinema, uh, go into cinema mode. Um, and then I'll go back here. There's different, these are all diff different um, themes here. So I don't really like the boxed one, to be honest. I quite like this one. 
And it's saying Tuesday afternoon because that's when I filmed these, actually. So it's, it's, it's taking the metadata data off my phone and kind of suggesting. Um, but you can see for very little effort, then you get... Um, I just want you to play it. So it kind of puts moves and different kind of... Um, that's actually quite... So you can do those little lens flares and stuff like that. Um, and there's mu there, it puts music to it. And it would time the shots to the music. I don't know why you can't... I is it my phone or...? Um, but then you can go back in here, and I'm, I'm like, I don't want it to say Tuesday afternoon. I want it to say um, nail art at the gallery. Whatever I want. And I can add in more text as well. I don't like ukulele, I'll go for was strawberries, jeez. Um, and then maybe that's not exciting enough for me, so maybe I'll go into toss. Let's see what happens with toss. So you see, for very little effort, if you bring video in, it'll do all the hard work for you. But then you can go back, you can go into the app and take a bit of control back to it as well. So it is a great, a great app, there's dashing. So you see, it does really cool motion graphics does something a little bit different with your with your piece so it kind of does a lot of the hard work for you some of it can be a bit cheesy but some of it can be really cool um, so that is a really good app and one last one to show you for is legend legend is a, an amazing um, is an amazing motion graphic kind of GIF creator. So it only, it only does it in square, but it's really good if you want to, let's say, take a really, it's not a great shot now, but. And then it, it will br br give you back a few different options. And you can bring video into it as well, but it's a really great way of getting nice motion graphics for very little effort. Um, and you can export that to your camera roll and bring it into your piece. Yeah, so it does a, it does a lot for you. Um, so you can bring video or have, have stills in that, but it's, it's, um, it's, a really, it's a really cool little app for getting nice motion graphics. Um, but thank you for attending. I've got 20 seconds left. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>